0: Tying him up in the ropes, Jake Roberts. Come on Randy, come on Randy, get out of there. Randy Savage hoping for reinstatement. Randy Savage hoping to go to the Survivor Series this Wednesday night. He may have blown his opportunities. Jake the Snake Roberts enticing Randy Savage. What's uh-huh. it? What's he doing? Get out of there, Macho! Oh, no. Take the snake Look at that! Look at Roberts that! Roberts with the King Cobra. Macho! Gee. That's the creepiest looking snake I've ever seen in my life. He's got it too close to him. Keep it away from it. That snake is, wait a minute, the snake yeah! is ready. Oh, the snake is fighting it. it. The snake is fighting it. i out of here. Piper on his way to get some help. The snake is gnawing on the arm of Randy Savage who's helpless, tied in the ropes. All I can say is that snake better be devinized. It better be. Jake Roberts. Look at it. Shrinking the snake as the snake digs deeper into the arm of Randy Savage. This is this is not supposed to happen. Randy Piper here. there. Oh no, Elizabeth. I can't believe she's gonna witness this power. Elizabeth! Jake with a snake moving everybody back. The snake almost bit Elizabeth and Piper. Jake the snake has lost it. He's lost it. And I I don't think I don't think that snake has been minimized. Bernie Savage will have gotten up a lot earlier, something's gone wrong here. Elizabeth screaming. This is not supposed to happen. Bernie Savage, his equilibrium off oh, as Elizabeth shrieks in horror. She can't believe what, that's her husband. Everyone out in ringside doesn't know what to do. Get him out of there, for God's sake, get Randy Savage out of there. Savage leaping back, and Jake, he doesn't know any better. Savage must be hallucinating by now. That poison going through his veins, please somebody get Randy Savage. Get him out of there, for God's sake. Elizabeth to have to witness this. Roddy Piper with Randy Savage. Yes! Get some help! Get him on this one! Get him hell Look at that sick! Oh no! Complete chaos! Chaos. Nobody knows what to do. Randy Savage hallucinating. They better get some help for that man. The Hold poison is Hold no influence. They better down. get some help. Hold Randy Savage is in trouble. Savage is in trouble. I'm telling you now. No. God is not about to happen.
1: After consulting with the personal physician of the macho man, Randy Savage, I cannot in good conscience allow Randy Savage to participate in the Survivor Series. With the tragic events of this past weekend still fresh in all our minds, I accept full responsibility for allowing such a potentially dangerous reptile at ringside. I will accept Jake Roberts' explanation at face value that this was indeed an accident and that he had been led to believe that his king cobra had indeed been devenomized by the lab. However, resting upon my shoulders, is the welfare of everyone here in the World Wrestling Federation. Therefore, effective immediately, the King Cobra and all reptiles are barred from ringside. In addition, after careful consultation with the macho man Randy Savage and his doctor, it is my decision that he be reinstated immediately and that a match between Randy Savage and Jake Roberts be sanctioned at the earliest possible date which will be this coming Tuesday night in Texas. Therefore, Jake Roberts will not be a participant in the Survivor Series. Instead, the Legion of Doom and the Big Boss Man will face the natural disasters and IRS in a three-on-three tag team encounter.
2: Hello again, and welcome to episode number 98 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, happy Thanksgiving to you. You And to all of our American listeners, as Thanksgiving came a little early this year because your birthday falls shortly after Thanksgiving, and so that's usually my warning that your birthday is coming up, but this week, Thanksgiving came about a week earlier than usual because... November started on a Thursday. Right. So it it's like a week earlier than normal. Yeah. So last week it was somebody mentioned, oh, Thanksgiving's next week. And I was like, no, it's not. It's there's still another week until Thanksgiving. So this has been very this has all been very sudden to me. Yeah, Despite it's a cluster.
3: It being- no, and for the same for me, you know, all of a sudden it's like a clusterfuck of uh, oh shit, like, you know, November's practically gone pretty
2: much when you start really looking at it. Christmas is here, bro. A few days before Thanksgiving, I just threw up my Halloween pumpkin, so I'm still <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up. So these changes that are happening so fast, despite being on the calendar, That's right. for years and years in advance, I could look up when Thanksgiving would be, but no. It just it snuck up on me. What are yeah. your big plans for your birthday? Uh, spend it with you. Well, that's pretty sad. (laughs) I mean, anything else? No. Spend it with you. Is there uh, anything you want? No. Life's good. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of shit I want, but I mean, you know. Not going to be able to get it. Exactly. Well, as we enter this, uh, it'll be our last podcast for November because we're not going to record. Uh, For Thanksgiving, and then after that, it'll already be December. Yeah, this
3: is my my birthday pick, per se. Wow, what a pick it was.
2: (laughs) Good choice, as always. Oh, shit. Boy, this was... This was something. It was something, yeah. So what is happening in the world of pro wrestling as we enter Survivor Series 2018 before we review Survivor Series 1991?
3: Wow, you're talking about Survivor Series 2018. Let's just go off the card here. Uh, This past Monday, on Raw, Becky Lynch...
2: She led an invasion. She led an invasion into Raw. All the women from SmackDown, even Charlotte Flair, who she had been feuding with... Loved it. You You liked it? I loved the invasion. Loved it. It was great idea, great gimmick, great everything. She gets a bloody nose. I think the way it turned out was excellent in its appearance on television, but I don't like brand-on-brand warfare that we've had the past few years. I don't care for it at all. Well, see, and I did. I loved it. It was... This match had
3: me hyped. I was all... This match, main event... Of Survivor Series. I don't give a damn about a title. Oh, there's no doubt. This, like, that's it for me.
2: Well, if you weren't hooked before, I thought it was already having the best build of any match on the card. If you weren't hooked before, that segment on Monday Night Raw made you want it a million times more, I think, than you already did, even though it was, yeah, no title on the line, just an exhibition. And for me, you know,
3: catches a forearm. Becky's got a bloody nose. I'm like, she broke her nose. No big deal.
2: She can wrestle with a Cody Rhodes mask. She
3: broke her nose. No big deal. You can still wrestle a match. She poured a shit ton of blood, man. I mean, but I loved it. The image of her. Walking right through the crowd. With the crowd. Throwing her hands up. Taunting Charlotte. I mean, taunting Ronda. Blood all over her arms. All down her face. It was a, I mean, it was a picture That spoke volumes. It was just great. And unfortunately... We find out that that was a little bit more than just a broke nose.
2: Yes, she was diagnosed with what they called a broken face. Which is not a medical term that I believe they use. She's got some sort of bone broken in her face. I think it's probably her orbital bone based on the pictures that I've seen. I'm not a doctor.
3: It is. Well, if you remember correctly... The Undertaker broke his orbital bone. Oh, a match, Phantom of the Opera. And that's when he had to get the Phantom of the Opera mask. But because this is such a severe break from what I have found out, uh, just in strict, you know, general conversation, um, she definitely is not making Summer Sli- or Survivor Series.
2: I don't think it was uh, so much the, the broken bones. I think it was the concussion that is going to keep her yeah. out. And as we know, this company takes concussions very more seriously than they used to. Yes. And so she had to sit out. And which caused them to then rewrite not just that match, but the the match involving the SmackDown belt was totally reworked, too. It's going to be Brock and AJ, right? No, fuck that. We're getting Brock and Daniel Bryan. Two heels because they also turned Daniel Bryan heel. But this was... It's insane that Nia Jax's errant punch to Becky Lynch... Changed these two matches. Yeah. Just that one... It was the punch heard around the world. But you
3: know the craziest shit about it? Where it was that? We had just talked about it the week before. Start doing title changes live on TV. I know, that's what it made me changes. think of, actually. Like, yeah. I immediately was like, son of a bitch. They got
2: us. They yeah. got us again. We talk about it, they do. Yeah, it. nothing ever happens at TV. No. Oh, well, we just changed two of the main events. yeah for a few days later at one of our big four. Yeah, just like
3: that. Just snap of the fingers. Unfortunately, it was because of an injury, but uh which leads me to think we're getting AJ and Brock at WrestleMania.
2: I think they are just not interested in that match anymore. They've AJ had the title for over a year. And we had had all these pay-per-views where you and me would lay out predictions and be like, "Yep, I think it's time for AJ to probably lose this belt." So it's not like I don't feel bad that his title reign came to an end because it was yeah you know, it was probably overdue. Yeah. I do think it's weird they turned Daniel Bryan into a heel though because I feel like the roster on both shows are very heel heavy, and Daniel Bryan going into a match with Brock Lesnar, who do you think's gonna get cheered, Patrick? Yeah, exactly. So why not save the turn for a week later after the yeah. match or I don't know? And why did they do it with a low blow again? AJ, wear a cup, man. You've been getting kicked in the balls all year. That was your 2018. Tonight, after Survivor Series, we're taping this on Sunday. After Survivor Series is 365 AJ Styles. He better talk about getting kicked in the nuts all year. Because we're so close to the end of the year, his New
3: Year's resolution better be 2019, I'm not getting kicked in the nuts. Like, that needs to be it.
2: Yeah, it's it's very strange that he did not take the proper precautions to keep this from happening in his future matches. Yeah. So on SmackDown, they had Becky, of course, say she couldn't wrestle anymore, and they had her come to the ring, and she got to pick her replacement, and she picked Charlotte Flair, and that makes sense, storyline-wise, I guess, because, so, you're my greatest rival. It'd be like if Ric Flair had to pick Sting to go take his place in a match or something. So, that part was fine with me. And the handshake was fine, Patrick. But you know what I didn't like is when she hugged Charlotte Flair. That was stupid. That was a step too far for me. Yeah. For this character that a month ago at Evolution, they had a last woman standing match. And this woman was burying, literally burying Charlotte. Under Under chairs. Under chairs and padded chairs, nice comfy chairs. But all out violence. And then a month later, girls got a hug. Girls got a heart. The craziest
3: thing for me is when we talked about it before we went on air. I, it pisses me off that Charlotte and Ronda is happening and not happening at WrestleMania.
2: Well, and with nothing on the line. No,
3: that that is that is literally the crawl up my ass. And it's like I told you: throw Carmella, throw somebody else in there, squeeze on through Survivor Series. Scoot that shit off until uh, Rumble with her and Becky and still keep your main event. I wanted not only like main event for women's, I wanted the first ever WrestleMania main event to be Charlotte and Rhonda. Closing the show out with these two women, and now we're not going to get
2: it, man. And well, that you don't have that feel anymore because you're giving it away for free tonight. Well, but a lot of people would say that Becky Lynch is the hottest character in the company and if she can if they can maintain that heading into WrestleMania, it would be the wiser match to make than Charlotte. It's just the position that they're in at the yeah. moment. So a lot of people are probably going to disagree with and yeah, they could have they could have kicked the ball down the curb, they could have kicked the can down the road and because it's not a pay per view system anymore, it's it's the network and so if you pay your $10, you get this show or whatever, and they could have just, yeah, given her Carmella or Naomi or anybody to wrestle and yeah. just said, there, there you go. That's what yeah. it is. But I kind of applaud them for actually still, and for those fans that bought tickets as well, to actually giving them a still, they're getting their money's worth. I mean, because... Oh, they're getting a, they're getting a WrestleMania match because that's what it was... Oh, absolutely, they were and headed they, in that, that direction. Shit when they had Charlotte beat Oscar at last year's yeah. Mania, I mean, of course that was the direction they were heading in. I just
3: hate it, man, because we're not getting a proper build. We're not getting a proper, like, it's just like, oh, hey, by the way, here in five days, that's who you got. Son of a bitch.
2: Like, but this could be, you know, not the conclusive match that you want it to be with Nia Jax being in the mix. I mean, she's already won the number one contendership for Ronda's belt. So I imagine there's going to be interference and you're not going to get a clean win. A clean win. You might get Charlotte defeating her thanks to Nia's interference or vice versa. Or it could just be a DQ and Charlotte gets DQ'd. I'd love
3: to see as she's getting ready to go out there, Tamina and uh, Nia jumper and the
2: match never happened. Like well, the, the match literally doesn't have I would imagine this match is slotted to go on last, so that would not be a good idea. I well, I'm don't just
3: saying because still you're you're holding that I'm trying to figure out the way to to still slide it into WrestleMania.
2: I think I think the ship sailed on that and in their mind they want to make their Big Four as valuable as WrestleMania. Yeah. And so if you really want to do that, then you have to give them WrestleMania quality matches in those other three pay-per-views. I mean, Royal Rumble will always be an attraction because of that match. So you don't really have to worry about it. But SummerSlam and Survivor Series, you're going to have to step your game up. And SummerSlam, for the most part, had had its game stepped up since they've been in Brooklyn the past five years at this point. Well, they
3: were in L.A.
2: for the longest time with it, too. Yeah, next year they're going to Toronto, I believe. Yeah. And they've been putting on better (laughs) matches at SummerSlam. But Survivor Series... And I mean, you went to a Survivor Series just a few years ago, and I, I did. Don't, Taker's twenty fifth. I mean, that match was special, but the rest of the card was there. What do you take away from not that? Not a damn thing. Okay, so I mean, I went strictly for Taker's twenty fifth. I mean, was the only reason. Yeah, they've had a lot of not so great Survivor Series. I'd but, say out of the four, that's the one that probably has the least amount of great a, shows. There's a flaw in your argument, though. Believe it or not, there's a flaw in your argument.
3: The Royal Rumble... WrestleMania stands on its own. Rumble is because of the match. SummerSlam has the crazy, hectic matches. Survivor Series, the match of itself, is that elimination tag match. But, just nobody buys into it anymore. Well, and it's
2: brand-on-brand warfare. It's not two factions going against each other. That's the
3: thing is... Like, really and truly, back in the day, like what we're about to see here, the concept of Survivor Series, what you were seeing, guys take on guys that you never got to really see.
2: Yeah, well, and this was also when they didn't run a pay-per-view every month. Right, and so so
3: you were getting a, but it was the Elimination-style tag match. That was Survivor Series, you got that Rumble, you got, you know, the Royal Rumble itself. WrestleMania stood on its own. SummerSlam, you had the crazy hectic like ladder matches or cage matches or whatever. And unfortunately, like the crowd's just not into that that specialty match. Cause when the hell else do you see that style of a match any other year any
2: other time of the year? Well, and the guys intermingle so much that it's like we see the it's not it doesn't feel as special when you had people my favorite team from any survivor series was 1990 and it was the ultimate warrior the texas uh the texas tornado and lod but or the what was he called the youth warrior Kerry von eric or something so they were all warriors the road warriors and
3: oh from this year so, from, from 1990
2: from, oh, um yeah the texas tornado but he was like the tor- tornado warrior or something yeah. he was the i think he was called like youth warrior or something in texas but he uh but that combination like that combination you never see these guys together like these guys would never interact in any other situation but now when they when they scaled back the elimination matches over the years now you have guys that interact all the time together and they're not it doesn't feel as special yeah, if that makes sense, I don't know. It just felt more special back in back in the early '90s when they were doing these. That's the thing is like, and that's WWE's fault
3: uh, because I, I, they have a specialty match that is built for this one specific pay per view, and they drop the ball. Now the crowd's not invested, not they don't care really. That match doesn't stand on its own. That you can say because you got TLC, you know TLC rolling around. You got a TLC match. Elimination Chamber rolling around, you got an Elimination Chamber match. I mean, Survivor Series rolls around, you know it's an Elimination Tag match of eight guys or or ten guys. They've dropped that ball on that match, in my opinion, which is a match that
2: I love to watch. Well, because there's nothing on the line for it. Like, even in, like, 1990, they had the idea of, like, the sole survivor, and they ended up with two sole survivors, of course, because Warrior and Hogan had to both be at the end. But if there could be something on the line, or, okay, you two, or three, or however many make it out, then they go into a match, and they're the number one contender, or something. Just some kind of incentive, some kind of stakes on the line, and that's, I think that's why that match sort of, they backed away from it over time, is because they were like, there's nothing really on the line. Right. It could be special if you thought about it, and, and redid it, and made it feel special. And also, and like i said like it, these guys just intermingle so much even if they're on different brands come after wrestlemania when they move people around they're right back to square one yeah. interacting with each other yeah so i think that's part of the problem too is just overexposure there's way more hours of content now we just we see these guys so often that seeing them in a big tag match doesn't feel that special where right back in the early 90s when there was four hours of content on usa and it was saturday mornings and it was monday nights and it was um just all pick like and it was house shows they shot for months in advance and so there's not a lot of storyline heading into it and but if they want to elevate survivor series to a wrestlemania level where people are traveling from all over the world to get there or where you and I would consider traveling further than a couple hours away to go see this thing, they've got to do WrestleMania-style matches. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of applaud them for putting Charlotte in that match. Would it have been better on the big stage of WrestleMania? Well, everything is better. Even shitty matches are remembered more fondly if they happen at WrestleMania. That's just the nature of WrestleMania. Like I said, they could do an inconclusive finish or maybe not maybe charlotte just beats her out right here and that could be setting up something between becky and charlotte again where it's like there's there's conflict over that charlotte won even though becky told her to win so i guess that wouldn't make much sense but none of this makes sense because it's yeah. pro wrestling but i applaud them for putting on the match and yeah it, it's it's disappointing to not see it happening at wrestlemania but just the nature of how things have gone, Becky is more popular at the moment than Charlotte. And that's not to say long-term it's going to always be that way, but they really have something special with Becky Lynch right now. And so, in a way, it benefited her to get punched in the face on Monday night. It benefited her because now she is in line for the WrestleMania right. match. So, yeah. But either way, we don't know what their plan is with Ronda because... Even though, you know, we always imagine Charlotte conquering Ronda or whoever conquers Ronda at WrestleMania. I guess that's the idea. Even though Ronda's a babyface, I mean that. I mean they can turn her heel very easily. But maybe Ronda just beats one, beats either of them if they're just gonna go in there and lose. Like in retrospect, like it, it's sort of like the Asuka and Charlotte match last year where. This woman has a streak going into the match, and you think, well, maybe she... And she didn't have the the belt. She was going for the belt. Right. It lost its specialness, I felt, like, heading towards WrestleMania. It was one of the better matches on WrestleMania, but it kind of lost its... It's all how you build things. So My
3: prediction, I'm just going to throw this out here. John Cena gets his, his uh,
2: 17th championship at WrestleMania this year. His refusal to work crown jewel... Well, probably just because I know how Vince seems to act. Vindictive was. Yeah, he's bitter, and when you say no, when I put a stack of money on the table, he doesn't like being told no. He really right? Doesn't. He's yeah. I mean, this goes back to his dealings with the Ultimate Warrior, or his dealings with Austin, or his dealings with any any performer that he deems difficult to work with. Brett and Brett, yes prior to that match at, yeah. at a survivor series Brett seemed to be pretty good to work with as far as it was just this one thing he yeah. really had a problem with but prior to that he was a company guy yeah he was all he was all in yeah. with the company but just knowing how Vince is the fact that Cena and and Cena could do that cuz he had he had he made the power play to do that i mean they're not going to say you're fired John Cena cuz you won't work this event Because he's their biggest star. Right. But he could still be vindictive Vince. Yeah. Vengeful, spiteful Vince and say, well, we were going to do that 17th thing this year at WrestleMania, but you know what? We're just going to have to maybe wait till next year. Do it. I don't even know that they'll ever do it. I kind of think maybe they just want to preserve that 16 number. And just, that's where you get. And that's that's the end of the road as far as titles go right i don't know i say that he might be vindictive towards cena even though he just put the the belt on daniel bryan who also didn't work crown jewel so he's already proven me wrong because i definitely didn't see that coming the daniel bryan match is a better it's more intriguing than one with uh, aj again i love aj but he did all he could with Lesnar. And Lesnar doesn't seem to want to work. Well, Daniel's known as a submission-style wrestler. Right, yeah. he won, He's talked about this match. This is a dream match of Daniel Bryan's, where, or Bryan Danielson, where he wanted to wrestle Brock and do a more ground-based technical wrestling match with him yeah. and work a different style. So I I think you're going to get a very, and even this
3: is coming from me, ladies and gentlemen. I know, gentlemen. you don't like either of these This people. is coming from me. I think you're going to get a very entertaining match with the two of them. I believe it's going to shock the world as to how well it is. Now, I'm not saying that AJ and Brock wouldn't have been great. I'm just strictly saying, like this is going to be a very technical sound tight holding wrestling match. I
2: kind of think that they're just going to have Brock run right through him after, really? what, he, after what he did to Braun, uh, after how he's been wrestling the past couple of years. Yeah. His matches are... They're he, shit. Does, he does two moves now. They're shit. He throws a German suplex and he hits an F5. Yeah. Anything else... He doesn't seem to want to do, Mm -hmm. and it's just been like that the last couple of years since he won the belt from Goldberg, basically, and even starting starting with that Goldberg feud, where it was like, I think he saw Goldberg, he was like, this guy's 50 years old, and he only does two moves. Well, I'm 40 years old. I want to do two moves. Yeah. And that's what he's done. Yeah. And maybe tonight Brock is motivated, but I highly doubt it, and so... I kind of think he'll just run right through Daniel Bryan. The possibility is there, though. Oh, it is. It's. I think it's more there with Daniel Bryan than it is with AJ. Because, yeah. like I said, I thought last year's match, we saw everything that we would need to see. And also, it would have hurt AJ, I think, to have taken another loss to the same guy a yeah. year later. Yeah. So, in a way, it kind of saved AJ from taking another pin to this guy. Yeah and weakening that belt that belt has been so weakened by just the lack of
3: i think the universal title has been just as weakened
2: well but in the company's eyes they see it as more valuable than their own
3: sure. WWE
2: title world heavyweight championship the one with the lineage yeah, yeah it's it's very strange yeah if they could take it back i think they would have kept the WWE belt on raw and not they just screwed up they weren't yeah. they weren't thinking yeah clearly and so now they've got this red belt that has a few years in it, and suddenly it's vaulted up, up, you know, above your 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 other title, your real title. Yeah. So, so speaking about Crown Jewel,
3: Shawn Michaels was on Edge's podcast this past week, and Shawn said there was only one reason and one reason only why he did Crown Jewel.
2: Yeah, and he. He claims that it wasn't for money. Uh, He says the 100% only reason I said yes to this one was, one, it was a special request by other people, and again, it was a chance. So, that's what he says. It's sort of sad that everyone says, like, oh, it was the money, and this, that, and the other. I mean, it was, respectfully, of course, but technically, I'd make more money doing a singles match at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Because that brand is bigger, you know? I'm charging more for a singles match. I got news for you. So, there you go. And he seems to... What brought that discussion about was Edge saying, are you going to wrestle again, basically. And he said negative. And he said so much as, after Crown Jewel, they caught him backstage and said, are you going to wrestle again? He said no. But I have my doubts as to whether that happens. I think that, especially now with Hunter being injured, we talked about it last week, but... There's a spot at Mania for someone to wrestle Batista and I'm not saying that's a great match for Sean but it's something.
3: I want Sean and AJ.
2: Yeah, they could do Sean and AJ or they could do Sean and Taker if Taker decides to actually want to retire this year and he loses to Sean Michaels. No, he just beats him again. Now uh no he he would lose to him. Yeah, of
3: course it would be It's a it's a fitting in to but Taker has to that's it.
2: Oh, yes, yeah. It's
3: a fitting in to Sean ending his career just like Taker ended his.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, if he came back from that, it would look bad, but he's already come back so many times, Patrick, that if he showed up the next night on Raw and had a singles match with Heath Heath Slater, it really wouldn't surprise me because this guy just wants to keep going. Yeah. And a lot of people do. A lot of wrestlers... A lot of athletes have that problem in general.
3: So, a a man of legendary create status as it pertains to characters, a uh, comic book legend by the name of Stan Lee passed away this year. If you don't know Stan Lee, you obviously don't know any Marvel or DC comics. Well, he's
2: in every movie. Yeah, if you I mean, see the same gray-haired man uh, make a cameo in every Marvel movie there yeah. ever has been, yeah. Well, that's Stan Lee. I mean, yes, the, uh, his,
3: his his comic book characters have actually, believe it or not, has f- fell over into both DC and Marvel, not just one-sided. Um, oh, well,
2: they had a whole crossover one time when DC... It was a, like a four or five-part series where DC took on Marvel. So. Yeah.
3: So, but I'm bringing this up because, first of all, Legendary Man. I mean, a true American icon. In in and of his own right, uh, some in his nineties. Uh, Ninety
2: five, I believe. Yeah,
3: um, but I bring this up. Army
2: veteran as well.
3: Wrestling though is a lot of characters. It is. Uh,
2: well, there have been superhero characters. And the and Hurricane so, comes yeah. to mind. And well, I mean the most we talk
3: about Taker, the most covered up, protected character of all time is The Undertaker. But if it goes hand-in-hand hand like that, you know, Stan Lee could have easily been the groundwork for some of the guys that have come and gone throughout the years, even in the early 90s, of those weird-ass fucking gimmicks like Mantar and shit
2: like that. Well, you have Captain America and Lex Luger. I mean, yeah. one and one. Yeah. Same same person. So, it's... uh.
3: He's very befitting to, one, be noted on our podcast, but, two, to be noted because he's he's an American treasure unlike any other. And so, unfortunately, he passed away this week. We, uh, we do send our condolences to his family, his friends, and uh, I know fans worldwide will definitely miss him as well. Moving on from a created character person, a you know, a man who creates characters, to a character unlike no other in uh, Enzo Amore.
2: He goes by the name Real One now. He
3: wants to be a yeah. rapper guy. But, uh, rapper or not. Uh, Enzo <laughs> just to piss him off and we'll call him that. Enzo was kicked off of a flight. Luckily for him, it wasn't mid-flight. Well, they said they turned around and went back. So they turned around, and went back to the
2: gate. I think okay. they might have been.
3: I thought it had just took off, and they're like, "Listen, we got a problem. We got to turn around and come back."
2: No, I believe it might not have even been taxing. It was people sitting. I'm sure Enzo was sitting in first class because that's a wise use of your money, and <laughs> he was sitting there, and he had his posse, and one of them was uh, vaping on the plane, and you cannot do that. That is a big no-no.
3: It was, uh, but it was made out to sound like it was him.
2: Yes. Uh, his telling of the story is that the flight attendant thought it was him vaping, and he told her no, and she said, well, who was, and then he refused to be a rat on his... Crew. On his, yeah, on his crony, or whoever was actually vaping. I don't know if it was actually even his... His buddy. His crew, but... He wasn't going to be a rat. He wasn't going to snitch on the Vapor guy. And I'm sure he didn't say it in that polite of a manner and just said, ma'am, I cannot reveal that information. I'm sure he (laughs) was going wild. I mean, this is a man that was kicked off the tour bus on WWE uh, on their European tour for being very vocal and on the cell phone bragging about money and being loud and obnoxious and just the worst kind of customer you can imagine. And this flight attendant... It turns out, has a lot of power over your ability to fly. They Mm -hmm. made a person in Atlanta sit in dog feces a couple of weeks ago on a flight. Because the flight attendant said, you're going to have to sit in that seat, sir. You can't sit anywhere else. A service animal had an accident, a sick service animal. They didn't have another seat for this gentleman. Well, this flight attendant made him sit in that seat and fly. And they took off and he flew in that seat that was covered with poo. And But that's the power flight attendants because have. he was,
3: I mean, he was a difficult person? I don't think or... he was
2: being difficult, but flight attendants, they have a lot of power. People yeah. don't realize how much power they wield, and Enzo got a reality check in life that... He's not the most powerful person after all. How you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it turns out, yeah, the flight attendant can kick you off the plane, and so he got kicked off the plane and had to take a later flight. The really, question is though, Enzo, why are you on a commercial jet anyway? You're supposed to have all this money and stuff. You gotta fly in a private jet. Private Everyone player. knows yeah. that. I you mean, Flair have...
3: even not had his own private jet. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Crockett's had a private jet that they named uh, Gold Dust or something like that, or Dusty. Like, and that always yeah. pissed Ric Flair off that the uh, the private Crockett plane was not named after him. But yeah, Enzo, if you're if you're gonna do like that, just Rent a private jet, man. And you can do whatever you want. You can vape all you want on there. You can do whatever whatever you need to do. But rules are the rules. Yes. And sometimes you just throw out the rules and you go hardcore. And that's what our friend David Arquette did. Holy shit. Over the weekend at a GCW show, a Joey Janela-branded event, even though Joey Janela was hurt, wasn't Miss on the event. L-
3: Miss Elizabeth is crying.
2: Yes, his tattoo of Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth—that's how much this man loves pro wrestling. Yes. I think that gets lost on a lot of people, that including Jim Cornette, who tweeted his disgust at David Arquette for being involved in this match. Joey Janelle's L.A. Confidential. It was also a event where the wrestler Marco Stunt got badly hurt and had to be their, their match was called off. They didn't know what was to come. Still in the night when. Uh, David Arquette, who recently returned to pro wrestling, I think he's only had maybe two or three matches up until this point. Yeah, he's 47. David Arquette decided to take up a match with Nick Gage, formerly of CZW, a Tournament of Death participant, a very hardcore wrestler, and they decided to have a uh, hardcore match with light tubes included, and David Arquette turned into... A bloody mess.
3: This is... I want to see this match. Is it televised?
2: Because you know me. I am diehard David Arquette. So... It was televised somewhere. I, I'm not sure the source in which you can you can see this. But it was televised on iPay-Per-View, probably. And uh, this got a lot of press coverage because it happened overnight into Saturday, which... If you want to make news in the entertainment world or of any sort, it seems to be, do it Friday night into Saturday, because weekend news outlets are understaffed on the weekends, and if they can find anything... They'll jump it. Yeah. yeah, And so this got David Arquette trending on Twitter, his sister Patricia was tweeting out, I'm so lucky that my, my brother David wasn't killed last night, and just totally playing this up, and... Uh, it was a pretty pretty gruesome sight, and a lot of people were very negative on it, including Jim Cornette, but that's typical of Jim Cornette. He doesn't like buffoonery.
3: It wasn't classic wrestling.
2: Yeah, it wasn't uh, NWA-style wrestling. But one of the highlights I saw was David Arquette hitting the diamond cutter through light tubes to Nick Gage. I don't know if he is was the victor, but he told TMZ Today that his death match would be the last and that if he fights Nick Gage again it'll be in a octagon. So <laughs> There you go. So is that his
3: last wrestling match as a whole or is he
2: No, I think that just means it's his last death match. Yeah, think... and he's not doing that shit again. Yeah, he has the scars to Well, he's
3: crazier than hell cuz I've done f- flame flaming tables, you know, dealing stuff with fire, I've done barbed wire I've done a lot of stuff. Glass and light tubes are two things. I mean, I've even done thumbtacks. Glass and light tubes and just straight nails? Not happening. There is no amount of money for me to wrestle in it. There's no amount of money for me to referee in it. I'm not doing it. Period. Period. And so, uh, it's a very... Kudos to him for doing it. It was very stupid of him to do it. Uh, Those matches, man, they're very dangerous. And they take years off your life and career. I don't care how you put it. I don't care what you... I mean, it literally does.
2: Yeah, and also, if you're going to do those style of matches, what I would always say is do it in front of the largest crowd possible. And he did it in front of 200 people in a bar, and then whoever was watching on iPay-Per-View, which, you know, Joey Janela, these these events that he puts on, or, well, this was a GCW event branded with Joey Janela's name or whatever, they they get decent crowds, and this will get them a lot of news, but did it generate any buys in advance? No, because no one knew it was happening. and And it's not like... And when it's billed as a death match, you still think, well, it's David Arquette. He's 47 years old. He's an actor. He has very limited wrestling experience. Probably not going to be... It's probably going to be a trash brawl. It's going to be a plunder match. It's not going to be Tournament of Death stuff. And that's what it was. So I just think... If you do those things, and I think Mick Foley would be one of the first people to tell you, is do it on some of the bigger stages. Don't
3: make it a WrestleMania or make it a, a Big Four match, believe it or not. Or if it's going to be an independent show, make that shit be on Dish Network. I mean, well, if it put was that
2: stuff... all in two or whatever, something yeah. that's going to get a lot of eyeballs.
3: Yeah, it does not need to be in a bar with 200 people. David Arquette
2: beats to a different drum than the rest of us. He, he does. just does he does. He just does what he wants. He's just a free spirit like that and he he's made his money and that's that's just how he is. So yeah. Good absolutely. for him though. No, yeah. Tremendous kudos to him absolutely. So he suffered a lot of injuries that he signed up for. A guy that didn't sign up for injuries, Jim Ross. Yes. Jim Ross took
3: the bump heard around the world, quite possibly, yeah. as the concrete one, as he put it on his Twitter page, man, dude, he looks like he was beat the fuck up.
2: It's rough. and It's rough. Uh, older people, when they fall, it's not like when even people our age fall. Yeah. It's, it's a, a much bigger thing. Uh, my mother, who's about Jim Ross's age, had a fall uh, similar to that, and not... So much on her face, like what happened to his, but her bruising and everything was was equal. I mean, uh, my little sister thought she was going to have to call nine one one when they when older people tumble like that. It, it's a serious thing, and it's it makes me concerned for Jim Ross because we have to protect Jim Ross at all costs. Oh
3: yeah, absolutely. He's he's another one that in my he's eyes, he's a national
2: treasure. A national treasure. <laughs> uh, he's the voice of. Uh, of pro wrestling, well, yeah, he's the voice of uh, our generation of pro wrestling, basically. So he's the
3: greatest announcer in pro wrestling. Period. I don't. Well, care. he would say
2: Gordon Sully. So
3: I don't. I mean, Gordon was great, but I'm telling you, there will never be another Jim Ross. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it looks like maybe stitches to his eyebrow. Um, oh, and his eyes is swollen shut. It looks yeah.
2: Well, even with these injuries, he still went to the sideline of the Sooners game that Saturday. He did.
3: He and uh, he
2: posted an updated picture today. Uh, so there's been two pictures, and oh, his eye is completely closed, and it just looks a lot blacker today. Uh, but hope the best for Jim Ross's recovery, and absolutely, I hope that whatever caused him to fall, uh, whether that be I don't know if he's got hip problems or if he just stumbled. I if think it was he a freak just hit
3: action. a curb or something like didn't get his...
2: Yeah, you know, that's just... Uh, I've tripped over
3: curves before. You know, it happens. You just don't... But still, though.
2: Yeah, that's, that's uh, scary stuff. And Yeah. Well, especially if he was, like, walking by himself. Isn't that scary to think about, too? That you could just be lying unconscious somewhere for a yeah. while? Uh, but Jim Ross, yeah, like I said, was at the sideline of the Sooners game. Nothing was going to stop him from watching his beloved... You can't can't tell
3: me he doesn't have a concussion, though. Or at least a slight one.
2: Oh, yeah, based on that damage, I mean, if Becky Lynch got one and we thought she just had a bloody nose, then he's definitely... He's missing SummerSlam. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's he's missing Survivor Series. No doubt. He would not be cleared to compete. Uh, So, JR on the mend. And finally, I wanted to mention a rather startling story that I was really taken aback by this week so i was at my other job and i was on twitter and i see this tweet from james ellsworth where it's like my attorneys have told me not to talk about this and he's our client is totally innocent and uh that this and that and the other and i thought is he in he's in some sort of weird storyline isn't it because it also talked about like oh our client respects women and stuff and he had had this gimmick where he Wrestled women wrestlers. Still the Andy Kaufman thing. Yeah, so I thought, okay, this is part of a storyline thing. Well, then I click the the tweet and see the thread, and then I do some searching, and uh, another social media user, a a woman, is accusing him of uh, sending Snapchats of his junk, and uh, the girl is apparently underage, from what she claims, and so has these pictures and sent out stills of them censored i mean they she didn't just send them out uh uncensored but they're censored and her side of the story from what i gathered was is pretty weird because she's like i don't want to go to the cops about this but yet she shared this with other people yeah and it's when you talk about that kind of crime when you talk about transmitting digital images of your junk or whatever to a minor to a minor it's really not even up to you whether you press charges or not because the state will will press charges because right. they don't mess around with that kind of no. stuff but she said that she didn't even want to go to the police and she said that she just wanted to basically apparently just let people know that this was occurring and as a result uh, James Ellsworth has uh, lost work he was taken off shows this past weekend he's taken his Facebook page completely down, from what I've been told. He has been removed from a podcast that he was a part of. I don't know if he was a regular or just a featured person on the podcast, and now there are other stories coming out on Twitter about uh, exchanges he's had in social media, like in Snapchat with other women and stuff, and so yeah, just very startling uh, allegations about James Ellsworth, and very disappointing if it if it turns out to be true. I mean, I'll save my judgment uh, until it all shakes out, just like with Enzo Amore. I mean, turns out he didn't do anything wrong, is what the police said, so he's an innocent man, and I mean, I'll wait until it all shakes out, but it's very disappointing uh, from someone like James Ellsworth, who was given this gift, was given this, I mean, was gonna be working high school gyms the rest of his life, and was given this gift by the WWE uh, when they saw the potential in him and then was brought back a couple times within the biggest wrestling company in the world and then also given all these great indie dates and given podcast positions, getting a lot more money for bookings and really changing this guy's life forever. And so when you're given that gift, uh, I mean, this can go into a lot of columns of celebrities who screwed up really bad, where you're Mm. given this gift. Don't, Don't fuck it up. Yeah, and so it's very disappointing.
3: uh, Listen, uh, he is innocent until proven guilty. That's it. That's all I got from news.
2: That's all we got from news. Well, now it's time to go back 27 years to 1991, November 27th, a Wednesday night. I had to look it up. To make sure and also if it was on a Sunday night, their build for this Tuesday in Texas would be very short. <laughs> I'll say, no yeah. advance notice. So yeah. I had to keep reminding myself throughout this event that this Tuesday in Texas is not two days away. This is <laughs> they had a little more A little bit well, longer. Almost a week. Yeah. They had six days to build up to this Tuesday in Texas. So but every time they were promoting it, I was like Really, guys, two days? But then I was like, oh, that's right. This was on a Wednesday. This was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. In 1991, we had to the Joe Louis Arena, the site of many. They loved that damn place. They did. They did a, uh, when it closed down last year, they did a little tribute video on WWE.com to it and uh, did an article about it and stuff. So, yeah, they they loved the Joe Louis Arena and... The crowd there seemed to love them. I mean, this was a packed house. Uh, 17,500 people for Survivor Series 1991, the gravest challenge as a young guy named The Undertaker, who who knows if he'll amount to anything, was going to challenge Hulkamania and Hulk Hogan. They are two separate entities, apparently. And so you're not just going up against one guy. You're going uh, up against millions. the power of Hulkamania. That's right. So, who would prevail in the first ever singles match on a Survivor Series? Yes. And why not make it a title match? Would it be the main event? I don't know. You know the craziest thing? Craziest thing ever? Is we
3: start this pay-per-view off with one of the most horrific scenes in WWF history. Yes. A King Cobra. One of
2: the best segments they ever did. Yes. A King Cobra... Gnawing away on Macho Man Randy Savage's arm. Yes, a a King Cobra that would not survive this uh, would pass away shortly after really? doing this segment. And it was on one of their taped shows, and so legend has it that it wouldn't latch at first. You know, you can't just tell a snake when to bite. To bite, Yeah, yeah so... Jake had to stay in there for a while, but they eventually did get it to work, and boy, it, it is a really, especially for this time period in pro wrestling, a very shocking thing to see in pro wrestling when it's very much kid-based in, in well, the WWE. It's a Cobra.
3: It's not like a normal, you know, snake.
2: Yeah, and Macho Man being crazy enough to say okay to that. I mean, do you see Hogan saying okay to you that? You not
3: I don't... Can you devenomize a king cobra? I mean, I know you can milk it, but to devenomize it completely, I don't. And even milking something is poisonous as a, the mo- one of the most poisonous snakes in the entire world. I mean, as soon as you milk the thing, you're not. You got to. I'm buying the fact that you know it immediately just starts recreating poison. As I mean, that exact minute, it makes me think that they had anti venom backstage for him so i mean if this man literally put himself in that type of shoes holy shit well even if
2: it didn't have any it, venom in it i don't want to do that no but i mean i'm just saying and it's not
3: like you could defang the damn thing
2: macho man was still a top guy i mean he had done the the wedding at SummerSlam. yeah And for him to agree to that, I just find to be insane. But this is Randy Savage we're talking about. Madness. It was not just a gimmick. It was true. So we go to the Joe Louis Arena, and we're greeted with Gorilla Monsoon. And then we go to the highlights of Jake the Snake and Randy Savage getting bitten by this King Cobra. And they did take some precautions, like he had his, you know, wrist taped up so it couldn't get him in the veins jake the snake had on heavy gloves like a coal miner's glove if you will to handle this snake Uh, i would say this is probably in one of the top 10 segments that gets shown over and over again. in the history i mean yeah it's it's, like barbershop window yeah hogan slams andre savage gets bit by the snake it's just one of those things that always gets shown and uh Nowadays, wouldn't fly. Uh, They would not use a real animal like that. Most entertainment shows, in general, most TV shows don't use real animals and and put them in that position. So, amazing that they got away with it and they did it. But we'll we'll never see that repeated. And also, just the safety of their performers. Even though they asked Brock Lesnar to go in there and split a guy's head open.
3: I I looked this up. National Geographic, their Venom... For king cobras, like the size of an 18-footer, so what would you say, I was about the size of the snake? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Okay, it looked to me. Uh, their venom is not the most potent among venomous snakes, but the most neurotoxins can be delivered in one bite, which makes them that much deadlier than any other snake in the world up to two-tenths of the f- of a fluid ounce is enough to kill 20 people. Fortunately, king cobras are shy and will avoid humans with whatever is possible. But they are fierce, aggressive when forced to be. So, that would explain why it took forever for the damn thing to bite, because it was scared being in front of all those people, I'm assuming. But for it to eventually bite... I I'm saying if it can create that much venom that quickly, that damn thing was not de-venomized. It makes me start thinking that maybe they did have anti-venom on standby.
2: I'm sure, probably, or maybe you can even take it before take a shot or something before you interact with an animal. Yeah. I don't know what they it, what It's they a did, it's, it's a
3: horrific thing. There's no way in hell I'd ever let that happen <laughs> to me.
2: No, you're not doing glass or snake matches. Yeah,
3: I'm not doing. I'm not getting bit by king cobra. Uh, I was curious though So I, I wanted to look it up and let the fans know I apologize for that The
2: only part that I don't like about this segment Is how much Elizabeth screams Like I get it that she's yeah. terrified Or whatever And one or two screams is fine But this was like Fonzie with the whistle And the screams Oh yeah. like
3: Well and when he's holding it so far back That one time that it swings outward Through the ropes at Piper It almost bit him in the face it almost bit Piper in the face, which would have been unbelievable. Uh, I, I can't imagine <laughs>
2: getting bit on the arms. One thing but getting bit in the face is another. I thought it was pretty lucky too, that they were able to get a shot of it sitting back up with like Jake sitting behind it. Or oh, whatever. Dude. Like, what are the odds? That is that? a
3: beautiful picture. Yeah. It's sitting there hissing and he's, you know, crouched down in the corner right behind it. And it's, oh uh, yeah, that is very true. Uh, that's that's eight by ten selling all over the damn world. That
2: well, I mean, WWF Magazine must have covered this extensively, as Bobby Heenan noted uh, for the Rockers match yeah. later on tonight. So WWF Magazine still in uh, circulation here in 1991. Now, unfortunately for the people of Detroit, this meant you lost two of your top stars tonight because that's right. Randy Savage and Jake Roberts are both out of their Survivor Series match. So. Sorry, Detroit. Card subject to change. Jack Tunney had no idea, you know, things would get so out of. He's a terrible president, you know. He didn't. He is. Yeah, he is. Jack Tunney allowed a man to get bitten by a snake on one of his TV shows, and sat back in the office and watched. I'm sure he had a monitor. So Jack Tunney says that Jake the Snake told him the cobra was devenomized, but all snakes will be banned from ringside in the future. Does that include Jake? Right, the ultimate snake. That's right. As he would tell us later. Randy Savage will not be here. Instead, this Tuesday in Texas, a promo plug we would hear often through this show, this Tuesday in Texas, though, he will get his one-on-one match with Jake Roberts. That's right. So you bought the wrong show. Sorry. If you you saw that angle and you really wanted to see it conclude tonight, sorry. You're shit out of luck. Tuesday in Texas. Stay tuned. Yeah, spend another $30, please. Gorilla is joined by Bobby Heenan, and Heenan thinks Undertaker will bury Hulkamania in his first title match ever to happen here at Survivor Series. Hulkamania is dead forever. Time for our first Survivor Series match of the night is Sherry comes out with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. The, the ma- Mountie. The Mountie in tow. Jimmy Hart is with the Mountie. The Warlord with Harvey Whippleman. And the team captain... Oh, yeah, baby. Ric Flair with Mr. Perfect. So, all of these guys have managers, and all their managers would just leave. None yeah. of them were involved in yeah. this match whatsoever. Yeah.
3: Managers are not allowed at ringside, except for
2: Sherry, I believe, for some godly reason. He holds up a blurred-out title belt. It's just a tag team belt, though. It's not the WCW world title. I am glad
3: you caught that, because I even made note of it. You could see the curve in the bottom... Was this right after he had to send the title back to WCW?
2: Yeah, this was I think before that, but they had already gotten like a cease and desist or they got an injunction so it couldn't be on T V, but they still wanted to have the illusion, so they were just like, Here, take this tag belt and do yeah. it And all the people in the arena were probably like, What's he doing? Why does he we're... got a tag title? Yeah, but the people at home were like, Oh, we oh my gosh, doing something you're not supposed to do that in pro wrestling. Well, their
3: blurring really sucked, by the way, as you would see when you go back to look at. It's hard to blur that damn belt, especially the way he moves
2: with it so quickly. Well, yeah, you see the the details, and you know that's not Big Goldie from just, yeah, he swings yeah. it. He's going around showing it to all four corners, Yeah, and yeah, it's a black dot that stays stagnant, but he just moves it around, and you can just see the... You can see that that's not yeah. What you you think see it the is. outline. It's very yeah. They are facing the Intercontinental Champion Bret Hart, Virgil, British Bulldog, and Team Captain face Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh yeah, Piper is going to start with Ted DiBiase. Roddy Chance, the Arena, Michigan loves Rowdy Roddy Piper. They do. Clear cheap shots Piper, sending him into DiBiase, but Piper crotches DiBiase on the ropes. A manager does do something in this match, Patrick, I take it back. Sherry grabs Piper around the neck, and he sexually harasses her by kissing her in the middle of the ring, just oh, forcing man. himself upon a woman. That's rough. Yeah, and then Sherry would not be seen again in the match. A kiss that knocked her out, basically. Kiss her around the world. The faces take turn putting the boots to DiBiase in their corner. Virgil eventually lands an axe handle off the top rope and tags Bret Hart in, who is the only man doing technical wrestling in this match. As Hart whips DiBiase into the corner, misses a knee to DiBiase, and they exchange near falls. Flair gets tagged in and gets an inverted atomic drop for his troubles from Bret Hart, who tags in British Bulldog, who press slams Flair. Piper finally gets a tag and... Gets his man rick flair who they have a history from nwa but of course that doesn't exist in wwf so just trust us these two don't like each other not at all they have a strike battle before piper runs flair's head into the steps and gets chopped then the warlord i forgot to mention he was with the heels how could i forget oh i did mention boy this guy was massive he was our uh roidy magoo jacked off his ass Still alive, too. You see this guy's body, and you would ask me, pick out the wrestlers you think are still alive in 2018. I would not say Warlord. But Warlord is still with us. And, man, he was just massive. Like, he dwarfed every... He dwarfed British Bulldog. He did. Warlord comes in to face Piper. He wants a test of strength. So Piper says, I'm not doing that with you. That's stupid. So he tags in Bulldog. Bulldog tries to shoulder block Warlord. He no-sells it. But Drop kicks him, and Warlord Halfway sells. DiBiase and Hart come in. Hart hits a second rope elbow to DiBiase. A shoulder tackle leaves both men down, and now they need the hot tags. Bulldog and Mounty come in. Bulldog press slams him. Bulldog runs all over the heels, who come in to help Mounty. Flair, who was the illegal man, hits an elbow to the back of Bulldog's head, who was pinning Mounty, so Flair gets the cover... And one, two, three, Patrick Young, the referees tonight, were not on point. Ric Flair, an illegal man, eliminates British Bulldog. He does. I was shocked that the fact that you couldn't keep up with the legal man. All night. It was... All night long. Why even do tags if if you're not... All night long. Just a simple explanation up front, that they will respect the tag rules, but occasionally they will just... Do whatever. Well, I don't
3: allow people tagging? Like you know, if you're holding a headlock or whatever, you oh your, tag the back. Oh well, no, you throw your foot out there. It's like oh. tag the foot. I don't allow that. I would have been happy with that if that even happened in this in this match or even happened tonight. Man, there was so much missed illegal action going on.
2: Bad ten counts on the outside. Terrible. There was a lot of. Uh... Bad refing. The heels put the boots to Piper in the corner. Flair hits his signature running knee drop to Piper's head, but misses a second one. Piper, this is a match with Flair, of course, so he needs to lock on the figure four to Ric Flair. DiBiase then tags in and works Piper's legs before tagging in Mounty, who locks on the Quebec crab to Piper, but Piper tags Virgil in. Mounty wants to tag out, but the heels pull their hands back. They're like, fuck you, Mounty, which was weird. Like, they, I mean, I get that they're heels, but, like, why are they shitting on him, all of a sudden, and not Warlord? Eventually, Flair accepts the tag and gets some of Virgil's educated hands. Then Ted DiBiase tags in. Ted gets his head bashed against the turnbuckle before power-slamming Virgil. Warlord comes in, chucks Virgil out of the ring. Bret has to roll him into the ring, or else he would have gotten counted out. Warlord locks in the deadly full Nelson, but Bret Hart breaks the hold with a top turnbuckle forearm... And Piper pins Warlord as the illegal man gets another pin yes. here, as Piper was not the legal man. And this drives Heenan crazy. Earlier it was fine with Flair, but now it's a problem with face Roddy Piper.
3: Warlord is now eliminated. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, you just saw the highest point in Virgil's career. He got over to the point that no el- nobody else wanted to tag in to face him. <laughs> they were that, scared. That's it. That is it. It's all downhill from here. It kind of is actually, it's (laughs) not an
2: exaggeration. (laughs) Virgil being pushed as a star was pretty much coming to an end Yeah, very quickly. Virgil locks in the million dollar dream to DiBiase, but he rams Virgil's head into the buckles to escape. Mountie comes in and dropkicks Virgil and then poses on the ropes and says, he poses on the ropes and says, I am the Mountie, which was awesome to me. He holds Virgil while DiBiase tags back in and elbows him off the second rope. Flair tags in uses the ropes to pin Virgil but he still kicks out even with the leverage from the ropes. DiBiase comes back in and Virgil hits a swing neckbreaker. Flair gets thumbed in the eye by Piper who was tagged in. Piper cleans house slams Flair off the top rope. Flair flips out of the ring. The ref loses control and simply just gives up on this match entirely and calls for the bell. Calls for the bell. As everyone is brawling. He DQs everyone Except Ric Flair for some reason. He was in the ring. He was not part of the brawling. He was not
3: part of the outside activity. He was in the ring as the legal man. The only one following the rules. Standing back in the corner, waiting for the 10 count. The referee says. I don't know that he
2: made it back in. I thought he was still on the outside when he called for the bell. I thought that might be why he got spared. Is actually because he was on the outside. I think maybe that's true. That might be true. But... For whatever, or I, I just think Ric Flair. Sli- uh, I just think Ric Flair slipped a twenty in this ref's pocket to win the match, no matter what. That's possible. So, uh, there you go. Heenan was thrilled that Flair won. Piper, Virgil, and Hart hang around in the ring to get all their heat back as Piper's music plays, despite losing this match. So, very mixed result here. As Flair gets the announced win, doesn't get his music played, doesn't get any kind of. Showboating, but he would be yeah. used later on in the show. So, and then uh, the faces just stand around, and yay, good for us. As Virgil reigns victorious over uh, nothing, because he lost actually. So never mind. Even when he lo- win, even when he wins, Virgil loses. So there that, you go. That's that's Virgil's career, though. I mean, Mean Gene is out in the arena for an interview with Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man says he couldn't see and couldn't hear from the poison. He was upset that Jake made Elizabeth cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this Tuesday in Texas, Madness is going to be all over Jake like melting butter, which doesn't sound very vicious. In fact, it sounds sort of romantic. So I don't know that I would have used uh, that at that. Melting Melting butter. I wouldn't have used that metaphor to describe what he was going to do to Jake the Snake Roberts. Gene asks Randy Savage, what does Elizabeth think of all this? Ask her yourself. Liz thanks everyone for Randy being reinstated and says she'll be in Texas. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's that. Order the fucking pay-per-view already as they would plug it about 50 times as you'll hear in this promo.
3: It's only been three so far.
2: I could not believe that Snake... Biting into the flesh
4: and gnawing away at your upper arm. As I said, it had to be horrifying.
5: Well, it was. I was delirious, and I was hallucinating, and it was a living hell. I couldn't see, and I couldn't hear. But the one thing that I could see, and the one thing that I could hear, was Elizabeth crying. And that hurt me worse than anything that Jake the Snake Roberts could ever do to me.
4: Oh, yeah. All right, bunch of man, that brings us to this Tuesday in Texas. It's going to be yourself and Jake the Snake Roberts one-on-one. And by the way, all reptiles have been barred from ringside. All reptiles have been barred from ringside.
5: But I wonder if President Jack Tunney realizes who the real snake is. It's you, Jake the Snake Roberts. It's always been you. And this Tuesday, in Texas, the madness is gonna be all over you like melting butter.
4: Ooh, yeah! All right, Macho Man. After all we've gone through here in the past weeks, I'm very curious, what about Elizabeth? What does she think of all of this? Why don't you ask her yourself? Well, well, what do you mean? Here tonight?
5: Why don't you ask Elizabeth right here tonight?
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome the First Lady of the World Wrestling Federation, Elizabeth.
0: I didn't know she, oh, was holy Michael, she is here. Take a look at the beauty. Wow. Most married women don't look that good.
4: All right, Elizabeth, I don't know how you cope with it all, but after the tragedy of this weekend, and then, of course, the great news earlier tonight, the reinstatement of your husband, the macho man, Randy Savage. How are you taking it?
2: Jean,
3: I just want to thank anyone, whether it's President Jack Tunney, the people here, or the people watching all over the world. I want to thank anyone who had
2: anything to do with Randy's reinstatement. And you can bet, I'll have my ticket, I'll be in Texas.
4: Alright, does that, does that mean, Elizabeth, that you're predicting victory for the Macho Man this Tuesday in Texas? Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah!
2: <laughs> Colonel Mustafa, with General Adnan, the Berserker... cheeky baby! ...with Mr. Fuji, Skinner, and Hercules, the Job Squad, is out to take on Kerry Von Erich... Tito Santana, who is now the El Matador gimmick, as he is now a bullfighter, uh, Jim Duggan, who is America, and Sergeant Slaughter, who is America, so we okay. have... This was not the original Hercules. It was, yeah. It was the same guy. No. Yeah, he just looks very deflated, doesn't he? He looks very deflated. Yeah. This is, I think, his last pay-per-view with the company, I'm pretty sure. Like, he looks bad. I did not think it was the same man. Yeah, I'll have to look it up here, but... he would Well, he would be heading to WCW to become the Super Invader, Patrick. So, good lord. This looks like... He was on the original... Like, he had a pay-per-view streak of, like, 22 straight. So, like, from the time they started doing pay-per-view <laughs> until... Well, he was in the Rumble in 92, so that would be his last his last appearance so he pay-per-view. carried over to so he went made it to 92 because he was eliminated in that rumble where flair won he lasted less than one minute what a unceremonious end to his pay-per-view streak but yeah.
3: i i swear to you <laughs> i i swear to you i'd a bet that that was not the same man that <laughs> he looked
2: that bad yeah So, Tito starts with Skinner, who looks like current-day Shawn Michaels, by the way, with his hat and his camo and his hunting gear. Yeah. Shawn Michaels became Skinner over time. Tito hits the flying burrito and knocks Skinner out of the ring. Tito misses a running cross, and Skinner tags in Berserker, who misses a coup de grace. Yes, he tries a double foot stomp off the ropes, but misses it. Texas Tornado comes in to brawl with Berserker. The Heels keep carrying their corner before he escapes and tags in Duggan to take on Hercules. Duggan no-sells Hercules' offense and then starts throwing strikes at all the Heels before the Heels get the advantage in their own corner, and Berserker comes in. But he only comes in for a minute because Sheiky Baby comes in and gets taken down with a shoulder block. Then Sheik rakes the back of Duggan. Oh, jeez. Painful. But gets a few corner punches for his trouble. Duggan suplexes him and tags Slaughter in, and Slaughter... Pen sheik after a clothesline oh vicious he's down and out so sheiky baby goes home and slaughter gets the win was this after uh their yes. alliance oh okay so he pins his former friend in the gulf war yeah he got his country back he did Berserker takes over for the heels and Big Boots Slaughter for a near fall before Hercules comes in. Slaughter runs wild on the heels for a moment. Hercules tags Berserker in, so Duggan tags in and just throws Berserker out of the ring a few times. Berserker then headbutts Duggan in the balls to slow him down. Carry discus punches Berserker, but gets cornered by the heels again. Tito tags in, hits a flying forearm smash on Hercules, and pins him. One, two, three. Skinner and uh, Berserker will be carrying the heel team. They are the flag bearers for the heels now slaughter gets a blind tag and inside cradles skinner so now it's four on one can berserker overcome the odds here i don't think so three point stance clothesline as duggan tags in and one two three the faces get the clean sweep over the job squad as berserker goes down in his giant viking helmet in a match that could have been cut entirely but it was cool. I mean, the 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 crowd really loves Jim Duggan, so... That's true. He had a and very... He had an awesome theme song. Carrie Von Erich was
3: really, really over at this point in time. I was shocked at the cheers he was getting.
2: Yeah, they're not anywhere near Texas. So, no. Uh, who knows what he was like backstage, but it is odd that he wouldn't get the eye of Vince because... And honestly, with all the trouble they were having with Ultimate Warrior... Uh, fucking he, put some fucking face paint on him. He would have easily fit right They could into have that given role. him that role. Yeah. I mean, very easily. I mean, they were basically. He was probably more talented than Jim Helwig and looked almost the exact same, like kind of physique, the hair. I mean, he He's, was the modern day warrior. He wasn't the youth warrior. The modern day warrior, Cary Von Eric. Yeah, he even had the warrior name already. He was yeah. ready to go. Like. It must have just been something backstage. Could or just...
3: it? I, uh, I, could it be that he didn't have a foot? Do you think that they were worried about that?
2: In all seriousness, I don't. I would be surprised if Vince even knew he didn't have a foot because a Vin- lot of people weren't aware of it. it until later, later in his life. No, that, that's true. But what I was gonna say is that when they re-signed Luke Gallows a couple years ago, someone mentioned to Vince, "Oh, that's." Festus, he worked here before, and Vince said, I don't remember him. I don't... (laughs) Like, he didn't believe... He didn't remember... Really? ...that he worked there before. Yeah. So, this is a guy that doesn't pay much attention to... Right. ...that kind of stuff, and... I knew, he probably was aware that Carrie had a motorcycle accident, but I'm sure that they kept it very secret. There are tales that he would show up even in his wrestling boots to show up. Oh us. yeah, he would shower with his wrestling boots on. Yeah, to
3: stroke full blown,
2: that way no one knew. And on his on his foot that was missing, he wore more tassels to cover up, even yeah. the slight if anybody could get a clue, like... It's hard. I mean, watching him in the ring, it's hard to tell. He moved that good. Yeah. It's very impressive.
3: Yes, very impressive. And
2: technically, he could have never been eliminated from the Royal Rumble. That's true. Because both feet couldn't hit the floor.
3: Okay, well, that's just wrong.
2: No, it's true, though. (laughs) That's wrong. The rules are the rules, (laughs) Patrick. That's true. you need to cut Zach that. Zach <laughs> Gowen and him could have never lost the Royal Rumble. That is wrong. It's just like uh, the idea for a hunchback wrestler that can't be penned. That's it's horrible. It's the same thing.
3: That's horrible. Dude, that is so wrong. It's not
2: horrible. It's just true. <laughs> you need... It. The rules are the rules. The, they don't say, in the exception of a one-footed wrestler, only one foot needs to touch the ground.
3: But he still has
2: a boot on. It's but like, there's, it's not a real foot, though. If you can tell me that Kofi Kingston can land on a plate of pancakes <laughs> sitting on the floor and that's okay, then a guy with no foot should surely be allowed to keep going. thats <laughs> He's the ultimate win. He cannot be eliminated. All right, keep moving. <laughs> he would have been awesome in the Royal Rumble. I mean, they should have done that. That's uh, that's also why I think Vince didn't know because had Vince known he would have played. Oh, he
3: would use that shit. That is very. I didn't even think about that. He would have used that shit because I mean think about it. Mad Dog Vashon was out there at Good Friends Better Enemies and they ripped his. Oh yeah. Kevin Nash rips his prosthetic
2: leg off and proceeds <laughs> to beat Shawn Michaels with. Him. Yeah. Mean Gene. Is with Jake the Snake Roberts and his trust me, trust me theme and Jake's 80s sweater. Boy. Holy this shit. Did
3: not age well. And uh, Jake was high as a motherfucker during this. Oh, I thought he was fine. I thought uh, he gave
2: a great promo. Oh, no, end. it's
3: great promo.
2: But you could tell in his eyes, dude, he is high. Mean Gene? Well, I mean, he did show up to the arena having nothing to do. So it's like, I'm backstage. I'm getting paid because I'm on the card. But I don't have to wrestle. What am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, it was the early 90s in pro wrestling, so I don't blame him if he was indulging. Mean Gene says, You are a sick man, Jake the Snake. To which he says, Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) I just love that. That was awesome. Oh, it's a great interview. It's it's, uh, one of his best. He's always been the snake you should worry about, not the cobra or any other snake. Tuesday, Elizabeth has a one-way ticket to the other side if you will, because don't expect a prince to wake you up with a kiss, because it's not the beginning of the end, it's the end of the beginning. Wow. Poetry from Jake Roberts as he would then depart to go probably do more drugs.
4: Alright, take the Jake Roberts, these people saw what happened this weekend, I saw it, and millions around the world had an opportunity to see what took place. You said it was an accident.
1: Trust me, it was.
4: You said that snake had been devenomized by the laugh.
6: Cross my heart and hope to die. That's what I was told.
4: You know, Jake Roberts, do you realize how much anguish you have caused the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth? The torture it that excited, these.
6: It excited me a little bit. Yeah, I thought about it
4: for a long time. You are a sick man, Jake Roberts. Thank you very much. You know, there are many who say that Jack Tunney should have 86'd you for your actions. You should be out of the World Wrestling Federation altogether. You're very fortunate to have an opportunity to meet the Macho Man, Randy Savage, one-on-one this Tuesday in Texas, and I, for one, can hardly wait. Is that right? That's right. You know... Let's start
6: off by saying this. You know, you're trying to cast me as the original sinner. Well, I spoke to God this morning, and he said he doesn't like you. So let's point the finger at somebody else besides me. Let's point the finger at the people that voted for Savage. Let's point the finger at Jack Tunney. Let's point the finger at the World Wrestling Federation, not at me.
4: You know, when you take a look at everything, The one-on-one matchup between you and the Macho Man, Randy Savage. All of a sudden now, there is a very interesting hook to all of this. The fact that there will be no reptiles allowed at ringside. And that means no snakes in the bag. You
6: know, it's hard to believe after six years, you people haven't caught on yet. The thing in the bag was simply a toy. Something for me to amuse myself with. I've always been the snake you should worry about. And for six years, you haven't caught on. It surprises me that anyone, even you, could be that ignorant. You laugh. Yeah, I laugh. Because Tuesday in Texas, Elizabeth, you have a ticket. You have a one-way ticket. A one-way ticket, Elizabeth. (laughs) So don't be shy, sweetheart. Let's use it, huh? You show up. A one-way ticket to the other side, if you will. Because this Tuesday in Texas, Princess, don't expect the Prince to be there to wake you up with a kiss. Because you see, Tuesday in Texas is not the end. It is not the beginning. It's not even the beginning of the end. Yet, the end of the beginning. Trust me.
1: Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me.
2: Now it's time for the gravest challenge. Uh-oh. Already. It's the main event. Three matches in. It's the main event. Well, actually, this is the third match. <laughs> yes. Hogan was in the funeral parlor a few weeks ago, and Ric Flair came out to interrupt his, I'm sure... Historic interview where he probably told Paul Bearer things other than,
3: Brother, 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 brother. I was hanging and banging, brother.
2: So, Flair came out. Now, this is something that we mentioned they don't do anymore, where they have mingling storylines. Multiple people want the belt. It's not just, I exist in a bubble. Oh, I'm going against The Undertaker. Well, I need to only talk to The Undertaker. No one else exists besides Hogan and Undertaker. No, in this era, Ric Flair was in the mix, and he interjected himself in this storyline. Because he
3: is the real world champion. He
2: is. Flair confronts Hogan and shoves his WCW belt in his face and he says, What you gonna do? Woo! Hogan, when Flair runs wild on you! Their blur job for this belt is so bad. It might have aired on Blurred to begin with and so it was a post product. Well, I mean, it was taped. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's...
3: And, like, you're seeing that thing completely uncovered five or six
2: times now they had a casket on the set of uh the the parlor the mm-hmm. funeral parlor had a casket on its set so i thought well taker's gonna pop out of that no 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 coffin to the side patrick coffin to the side that's right as a door swings open undertaker comes out assaults hogan with the urn and then undertaker and flair just put the boots to hogan and Undertaker chokes him and then Piper and Savage run down to save Hogan with chairs but Taker no sells chair shots that's right and before he leaves oh my goodness he stole the strength of Hulk Hogan his cross necklace he rips is off the crucifix yes Gone. What, what a what a thief Hogan should have pressed charges
0: hey i those butterflies you got rumbling in that stomach right now because big man i just burst that bubble you've been living in and i'm here on your doorstep with the real world championship belt compare the two In closing, what are you gonna do? out there the wait, a call. wait a minute wait a minute What's he doing? Reaching down. Boom. Undertaker. Standing over Hulk Hogan. Get him out of there, I'm gonna kill him. Rick Blair, the Undertaker!
2: So when we come back to the Joe Lewis arena, it's Paul Bear bringing down the Undertaker who and Undertaker speed walked enormously fast to the ring as this entrance only took a minute or two. Yeah. Then Hogan's turn. He gets a great roadie run with the camera as it comes zooming up the aisle to see our savior, Hulk Hogan, and Hulkamania coming out of the curtains. And then Hulk comes to the ring and he's so fired up he tips over the Undertaker's casket for Hulkamania. That was where Hulkamania was to lay. He He, he tips it over
3: then proceeds to pick it up but not just like pick it all the way up. He just lifts the side up and then drops it again.
2: <laughs> Good enough. Yeah. And that was the end of that casket as well. Never would be. The Sittles is not a casket match so it was just a prop. He grandstands in hot dogs for ages because I guess he knew at the end of the match he couldn't. So he wanted to give the people what they wanted. So the Undertaker just watches on uninterested. Gorilla claims that both of these men are the same size. I think Taker is clearly taller. One is 6'10", the other is 6'6". Pretty sure... Yeah, he's got half a head on Hogan. Yeah. Hogan just walks circles around Taker at first and he tries to figure him out. He doesn't understand the power of the dark side. Taker shoulder blocks Hogan, who bails outside and Heenan rightfully calls him a coward. This is supposed to be your Superman... You don't don't just roll out to the outside. That's a heel move. Taker then does one of his four moves of doom here as he chokes Hogan, and Bear watches on. Then he uses the ropes to choke Hogan, and Paul Bear gets some cheap shots in. He chokes Hogan behind the ref's back and turns to the camera and says, Rest in peace, Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. Scoop slam to Hogan, but Taker misses a big elbow drop. Taker no-sells a clothesline from Hogan. Hogan, Hogan's back goes out on a slam attempt to Taker. Because he's so massive. Taker then no-sells another clothesline and strikes. Hogan clotheslines him out of the ring, but he lands on his feet. This man cannot go off his feet. Nope. Taker rams Hogan's face into the steps and chokes Hogan with the camera cables as Earl Hebner gets distracted by Paul Bear. Taker then goes back to the choke on Hogan and Bear gets another cheap choke in behind the ref's back. A Hogan lookalike in the front row tries to get the crowd fired up for Hogan. That would be Roddy Hogan, a huge Hulk Hogan wrestling fan. But Taker has the choke locked in. Why was this not an illegal choke, by I, the way? I Patrick? don't
3: I don't know. I don't He know.
2: seemed to count it sometimes, and then most part no. Yeah. And Hogan goes to the mat, but Hogan, this is Hulk Hogan, of course, he Hulks up but gets Taker's flying clothesline. Taker hits the tombstone, and shame on you, Hulk Hogan. He no-sells out. it. Just immediately stands Oh, yeah, no Stands right up, gets fired up, hits some right hands. Taker falls to one knee for a big reaction, because this man never leaves his feet. As Ric Flair comes down to the ring, what's he doing here? Taker gets body slammed by Hogan, but Bear distracts him before the big leg can be hit. Then, Flair wants to steal Hogan's belt, and Hogan is distracted by this. Does he realize if he just wins the match, he'll eventually get the belt back? No, Hogan needs that physical belt at all times. And Hogan decks him for trying to steal the belt. He hits a big boot to Taker, but Bear grabs his leg and take her tombstones Hogan onto a chair, which was slid into the ring by Ric Flair, which was nowhere near hogan's head but that's fine we'll play pretend and pretend that hogan's head smashed into that chair and flair pulls the chair back out
3: slides it under and walks so right, calmly walks right back up the aisle Hetner turns one two three the death of alkmania right and there it's n- over. nobody nobody even knew that it happened
2: no and he was so casual about his interference, too, yeah. about how, he, you're right, he, the way he was so slick with getting that chair in and out of the ring and then just walking away. Yeah. You know, uh, most heels would probably stand out there and grand, celebrate afterwards, yeah, no. too. no, he
3: did what he had to do, and he's walking to the back. <laughs> and the crowd, like, the camera guy is trying to keep up with him as he's walking. The crowd is just silent. They, d- yeah, kids are crying.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, kids are literally crying that Hulk Hogan lost. Heenan declares Hulkamania dead, and Taker does a brief pose with the belt, but then just walks away with his eyes rolled up in his head. There you go. The youngest ever WWF champion right there up until that point, The Undertaker. Then all the WWF goons, the backstage hands, come out and scrape Hogan out of the ring, and it takes ages for him just to get up and walk out Mean Gene is backstage with Piper I love Chief
3: J Strongbow came out there to help him I just thought that was a rare sighting of of the
2: Chief Mean Gene is backstage with Piper and Piper says it's a bad day in the WWF because Undertaker is the champion Piper hears the bell ding dong and he gives a stupid promo here I'm sorry this is just not good Piper promo it was was rambling yeah
7: It be a bad day in the WWF. They say anything can happen in the Survivor Series in the WWF, and it has the Undertaker, the new WWF champion, you Adams Family Reject. I just saw Hogan Hogan down there. He got red in his eyes. He got hair on his teeth. He's screaming, Tony! Tony! Where are you now, Tony? You saw what happened. Oh, oh, and Lurch's new found friend, cousin it, Ric Flair, running down there. You're a real handy guy when someone's got his back turned. Ding dong. Ding dong. We're hearing the bell, Undertaker. Ding dong. Flair, we're hearing the bell. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the Undertaker becoming a WWF champ, if the help of Ric Flair ain't no different. Then David Duke becoming Prez. We hear the bells, and we be coming. Ding dong.
2: Sean Mooney, though, is with Flair and Perfect. And Flair gives a great promo. Ashes to ashes and back to dust. And Hulkamania just went bust. Flair told Hogan he was short-lived, and he was. It's all over, and there's one world's champion, and it's me, Rick Flair. <laughs> Which... Thank you, Jane. I have caught up to Ric Flair of the locker room. I
4: want to know the world wants to know what business you had well, at ringside right there, during Mooney.
7: this ashes to ashes, dust to dust, hulkamania finally had to bust, and all the hulkamaniacs throughout the world, you cry them millions of tears, you cry millions of gallons of water away because it will not bring back hulkamania. Hot huh, champ, you are the real world champion without a doubt. What did you think? What's gonna happen? When I arrived here, I told Hogan, face to face, he was short-lived, and by God, he is. Little babies out there now, tears in their eyes, mothers looking at their fathers, wondering what next. Well, I'll tell you, all these years, you believed in Hogan. You may have said your prayers. You may have taken their vitamins. You may have gone to the end of the earth with him. But now it's all over. There's one, just one, world's heavyweight champion. And you got to know... It's me! What could be more perfect than that, champ? They said Hulk Hogan was immortal. Is he immortal now? Immortal! Immortal! He's on his way to the hospital because The Undertaker picked him up in the tombstone, and boom, it's all over. No more Hollywood, no more limousines, no more little kids run wild. And Jack Tunney, this goes to you. Put that video distortion on the belt of the real world champion, and everybody starts paying the prices. In closing, let me say this. The WWF championship (laughs) belt now is in the coffin (laughs) of Hulk of Mania. Let's go, champion.
2: Did he not just see what happened? No, there's still two world champions. Immortal Hulk Hogan? No, he's going to the hospital. And there you go. And I'll include the promo. We go back to Mean Gene. The natural disasters in IRS. Bray Wyatt's father is with Jimmy Hart, and they just shout through their promo. IRS wants Boss Man to pay, and he wants to audit Jack Tunney. I wish IRS did audit Jack Tunney. Catch that <laughs> bastard. Mooney is with the LOD and the boss man. They shout as well. Mean Gene is with Tunny. What what are you going to do, Jack, with the gravest challenge? Think of what you just said, though. Mean Gene is with Jack. Jack Tunny is at a show. And he just saw more shenanigans. Right. Which WWF precedent would say that he would just reverse the decision. Because Andre... And Ted DiBiase and the selling of the belt, he just snapped his fingers and undid that. But no, tonight, Patrick, the ref's decision is final and cannot be changed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. laughable, huh? Yeah. Oh, Lord. In theory, yes, that is correct. (laughs) But no, it happens all the time.
3: Yeah.
2: Show me the replay. We just watched a pay-per-view a few weeks ago or a show... It was that Clash of Champions where Larry Zabisco said, show me the replay. Reversed his decision, restarted the match right there. WrestleMania 12, we have a tie. I'll restart the match right there. No, the ref's decision is not final and can be changed. Sorry, Patrick. But I'm going to go ahead and give him a rematch this Tuesday in Texas. Yes. So fuck you for buying this (laughs) pay-per-view again. (laughs) Right. So immediately, I mean, you would be like, oh, Hogan's just getting his belt back on Tuesday. so yeah. He'll be at ringside to make sure the outcome is fair and just. Despite tonight, he was in the arena, supposedly. Why couldn't he have made the outcome fair and just tonight? I don't know. Why yeah. does he need to be closer to the ring to make that happen? Jack Tunney, not exactly the most imposing figure either to be ringside. Oh, Undertaker, yes, this nearly seven foot man is now going to be, oh, I got to behave because yeah. Jack Tunney's sitting over there. Yeah, exactly.
4: Never in my life have I seen anything quite so disgusting, quite so despicable. As a matter of fact, President Jack Tunney, it's a t- t- travesty, and I want to know what you're going to do about it. Gene,
1: notwithstanding what actually occurred here this evening in the Gravest Challenge, the referee's decision is final. That's and cannot be challenged by me. However, it is well within my authority to order a rematch at the earliest possible date. Therefore, it is my decision that The Undertaker meet Hulk Hogan in a rematch for the World Wrestling Federation title this Tuesday in Texas. Amen. And furthermore, I will physically be at ringside ...to ensure a fair
4: and just outcome. President Jack Tunney, you have acted very quickly. I know it's a difficult decision, but I certainly concur and look forward to this Tuesday night. Right now, let's get back to the ring for more action.
2: Heenan is very mad about this, and rightfully so, because it's just Jack Tunney being a buffoon, as usual. The Beverly brothers are out, and the Nasty Boys are out as they're all heels. They're taking on the faces... The Bushwhackers, the Sheepherders. But they are paired with the Rockers. If it wasn't for the Rockers, I would have fast-forwarded this much. I think I would have, too. Or Laverne and Shirley, as Bobby Heenan calls them. Knobs will start with Butch. Butch hits a knee lift and tags in Luke. They ram the Nasty Boys' heads together, then they throw the Beverly's into each other. They battering ram them out of the ring. The Sheepherders do. The Bushwhackers just cleared the ring by themselves the rockers drop kick the nassies off the apron what is going on here blake beverly and sean then come in they decide to fight blake hits sean with a reverse elbow and sean hits a swinging neck breaker blake atomic drops sean and hits a backbreaker then knobs comes in gets a knee from sean knobs hits a shitty clothesline off the second rope to luke and eliminates him one two three luke bushwhacker is gone Sags hits a vertical suplex to Sean. Sean hits a crossbody for a near fall on Sags. Then Marty tags in, splashes Sags. Marty works the arm of Sags, but gets shoved into the heels corner. Then Bo Beverly comes in and hits the next snap to Marty, which looked like shit. But then Marty super kicks Bo for a near fall. Bo gut-wrenches Marty for a near fall. Butch runs wild on Blake and Bo. Then a spike slam to Butch from the Beverly's, and he's eliminated. It's now four heels against two rockers. Marty works on Bo and catapults him out of the corner. Hits a Hurricane Rana. that's right, for a two-count on Bo. Hits an Insiguri, some more innovative offense from the Rockers. Blake Beverly tags in. Sean takes over, gets double-teamed by the Beverlys. Sean eats a reverse elbow from Bo, who came back into the ring, and then hits a backbreaker to Sean. Sean backslides Bo for an elimination. So Bo Beverly goes down to Shawn Michaels. So now it's three on two in favor of the Heels. Blake hits a running power slam to Sean for a near fall. Sean can't make the tag to Marty. Sean dropkicks Sags out of the ring, hits a diving clothesline from the apron to Sags on the ring mats, and super kicks Knobs. Sags encounters Sean off the top rope with a punch to the throat. Ouch. Marty gets the hot tag finally. He runs wild, leaping reverse elbow to Knobs for two. Marty hits a sunset flip near fall on Blake. Sags hits a pump handle slam to Marty and a belly-to-back suplex. Nobs gets knees from Janetti when he tries a second rope splash and Sean tags back in. The Rockers throw the nasties into Blake. Then Marty scoop-slam Sags. His foot hits Sean, though, as he's being scoop-slammed. Yes. Sean gets pinned by Nobs and he loses his shit over it. Sean Michaels. Early, sta- early signs of the Sean we would know to come to and love in the mid-90s about getting upset and losing his shit. Uh, This one was storyline, though. He loses his shit at Marty. Marty tries to console Sean. Now it's three on one against Marty. Can Marty run the table here? We'll see. Marty tries to console Sean, but Marty takes the nasties outside, hits a crossbody to both of them off the turnbuckle. Inside cradle sags, but Nobbs just reverses the pressure, pushes sags over, and Marty's comeback is over. That's it. That's it. It's over. And the Rockers look to be... there. There's some turmoil with the Rockers.
3: I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, nothing's <laughs> going to come of it. They'll be a tag team forever. So, nothing yeah. to worry about.
2: And so, the Nasties and Blake Beverly get the win. A rare Blake Beverly win. So... <laughs> that, say it like it's surprising. This indeed. followed the heavyweight title match. It's yes. crazy.
3: Yes. Undertaker and and Hogan should have been last.
2: Definitely. But they needed all those promos to announce this Tuesday in Texas, I guess, was the logic.
3: That there. and also they wanted to they didn't want the fans
2: going home upset. Gorilla and Bobby Pimp this Tuesday in Texas again. Just order it already. Call up your cable provider and fucking order it, please. They're <laughs> you're you're right. They are pimping it out. I mean, it's a three-on-three match to finish the show as we couldn't get replacements for Randy and Jake the Snake. They couldn't find anyone else on the no. roster. You know, no. Six-man tag. So just a six-man tag to end the show. IRS says Big Boss Man and LOD are tax cheats as everyone's a tax cheat to Irwin R. Schyster. Big Boss Man comes out gets a huge reaction. He was Dude. way over. I was Holy shocked. shit, they
3: missed the mark putting the title on him. Yeah, he was the second
2: biggest face in the company behind Hogan, I guess. Yeah, well, especially after Jake turned heel.
0: 50 bucks, let me off. He'll tell you, 20 bucks, you
3: can run. You? Stop. That's what IRS told me. Yeah, I mean. They loved him. They they were all, and dude, the little styrofoam billy clubs,
2: that shit was all over the arena. And LOD comes out and gets a huge reaction as well, but that's expected. That is, LOD was always big draws. They're the tag champs, by the way. The match is starting. Gorilla mentions that Mean Gene is looking for Undertaker. He And Heenan says, Well, just go to the morgue. He's there with all the other stiffs. Which then Gorilla is like, Are you calling him a stiff? And Heenan's like, Well, no, but he would be at the morgue because he's the Undertaker. Anyway, it was just weird. The, the interplay was very weird there. Bossman and IRS will start it off. And IRS gets whipped into the buckle and hits the mat. Big boot to IRS... And Boss Man's shirt has already come open seconds into this match. It's always a timer. Hit the timer when Boss Man's shirt is gonna come open seconds. You you can make drinking bets over a drinking game out of it. It's and, over. It's over under. Yeah. Animal gets the tag against Earthquake. Earthquake catches Animal trying a crossbody and hits a backbreaker. He misses a standing splash and gets drop-kicked. Hawk comes in. With IRS, Sean Mooney says they say Sean Mooney is with Hulk Hogan, so stay tuned. They are liars. Is what they are. <laughs> they are. They liars. are fucking liars, dirty liars. I paid for the show, so of course I'm gonna stick around for it. But like, if <laughs> yeah, it might not have made the the net. Or I mean the uh, the network. No, it, he he shows up, but he just says oh, I already talked to Hogan, and Hogan didn't want to talk or whatever. Oh, So Hogan says fuck you to the fans Basically What a great face this guy was Hawk press throws IRS into Typhoon's hands And this gets a near fall The face is double team Typhoon And the heels double team Hawk IRS comes in with Hawk Hawk back suplexes him And drops a right hand before tagging Bossman back in Bossman traps IRS by his tie But IRS decks him by the briefcase One, two, three IRS eliminates Big Bossman holy shit yeah well one of the loudest pops
3: in this entire match and you're eliminating him first and yeah in a
2: match where why did he even need to be eliminated yeah earthquake belly to belly's animal IRS walks the rope to drop a fist on animal which I thought was pretty cool then he leg drops him low bear hug to animal from typhoon Animal takes him off his feet with a clothesline Hot gets the hot tag And hits a flying shoulder tackle to Typhoon By IRS briefcase shots Typhoon By accident Earthquake John Tenta here Not very happy about this With IRS getting his partner eliminated uh, As Typhoon would get pinned After the briefcase shot So Earthquake says to IRS Get out of here And Earthquake, the natural disasters Just leave That's it, we've had enough so now, IRS is going to have to overcome Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, these two guys that don't sell anything. The taxman is going to be tasked with taking them down. Hawk rams his shoulder into the buckle. Then IRS rams Hawk into the steps. IRS, by the way, pouring sweat at this point. He was gassed. Good lord. He did all the work in this match. Erwin R. Scheister puts Hawk in a chinlock, And we get Hawk Chance, which I don't recall ever hearing hawk blocks erwin r shyster's suplex and hits one of his own tags in animal animal power slams irs and then hawk comes in to help with a double clothesline then irs says you know what just fuck it i'm leaving too you know i've been out here i'm sweating i'm getting my ass kicked let's just go home he's going to leave so he walks towards the back and gets stopped by big boss man who says go back to the ring and he runs it back. And he runs him back, even though he would have been counted out by now. He was out there way longer than 10 <laughs> seconds, but whatever. I think Hawk went to the finish too early here. Because I think they wanted to do the doomsday device. So Hawk was up on the turnbuckle, but Animal probably thought, well, we're not there yet. We're a little. It's just a little too early. So Hawk, seeing that Animal is not going to lift up IRS... For this doomsday device. Just says fuck it. And dives off. Hits his clothesline for a half doomsday device basically. A clothesline from the top turnbuckle. And they just went with it. Animal pins him. What a rush. And there you go. And the faces all celebrate to a decent reaction. Considering the main event had already passed. The title match was already over. The crowd hung in there. I give him a lot of credit. Because I would have been checked out. That's true. We go back to Sean Mooney. Who's supposed to be with Hulk Hogan right? No. He just left Hogan's dressing room. You just missed him. Hogan said he would be the champ again, and he refused to do the interview. He said, Sorry, brother. I'll be doing my talking this Tuesday in Texas. (laughs) Thanks. They plugged this Tuesday in Texas again, and Mean Gene found The Undertaker in the catacombs of the Joe Louis Arena in a giant room of dry ice. Why is that in the Joe Louis Arena? I don't know. But Undertaker is there. How do you feel about facing the immortal Hulk Hogan? Nothing is immortal, including Hulkamania. Hulkamania is in the casket, and this Tuesday in Texas is the burial, and we go off the end. You will rest in peace. And that is Survivor Series 1991.
3: Oh man, I apologize. Oh, no, it's
2: okay. It was a total of five matches, and the first half of the show two and show, a half hours. Yeah, still two and a half hours. What's crazy is, as The Undertaker is winning the title, you can look down at the timeline on the WWE Network and see there is an hour left in the show. Yeah, I know. Uh, But getting up to that hour was actually, I thought the opening match uh, went by pretty fast, but those guys were too big of names to be the curtain jerker in their Survivor Series match. Why weren't... The Beverlys and the Nasties and the Bushwhackers and the Rockers—the opening match. The Rockers were the hottest tag team in the in the company. Well, on the breakup angle, it would have been more focused on. It would have been a bigger impact than because it happens before the title match. So your recall—if you're still focused—you'll you, lose focus after the Undertaker match. So like, yeah. you lose interest. So I just think it's this card is stacked. Really weird. Bushwhackers,
3: Beverly Brothers, all that. Put that first. Alright. Give them Skinner, Kerry, Von Eric, all that second. Give them DiBiase and Brett and Piper and Flair all that. Give them that third. Give them IRS and Bossman fourth and then do your title match last. But, that's got your fans going home upset Sad. with the last
2: they'll ever see of Hulkamania. Yeah. Yeah, but also I think the shock value of going off the air like that, but they really wanted to sell the rematch, so they would need time to to plug that on such short notice to say, you have to turn around and order in six days. You need to order another show. So yeah. I see their urgency in trying to sell that show. But then... This show was so important to them tonight, but then they didn't even release it on tape until many months later. It was on, Mm -hmm. like, super tape or something like that. It wasn't even released as this Tuesday in Texas. It wasn't originally on the network. It took them a few weeks to put it on there. That finish of that world title match, spoiler, is inconclusive. And that's how the title gets held up, and that's how it gets decided at the Royal Rumble. Or no, Hogan wins it, but then it gets stripped, right? Aftermath Mm -hmm. The following weekend after this Tuesday in Texas Tunney stripped Hogan of the championship Even though the ref's decision is always final Patrick The ref's decision is always final What a title reign that is So he stripped Hogan of the championship Declared the title vacant And then held it up for the Royal Rumble match
3: Speaking of title reigns though Taker wins the damn thing on a Wednesday And is losing it on a Tuesday
2: that's correct. Yes. He He lost it December 3rd. He won it on November 22nd and lost it on December 3rd. So what a world title reign that was as well. Um And yeah, in, in a year's build with The Undertaker, if that happened now, I mean, The Undertaker's character was way over though. I mean, he was a top guy like Oh yeah um but now if they do that with somebody we'd all be like oh he's getting pushed too too fast and too mm. hard like he's still very green and undertaker was very green here and he but he was also wrestling with one of the worst pro wrestlers in the ring Hulk Hogan ever so it's not like he could really show off and it's not like Hogan's going to say oh well, you can throw me around and ragdoll me and all this stuff yeah. no brother here's what we're going to do Uh, I'm going to no-sell a tombstone, I'm going to run wild on you, and then you're going to have to cheat to win. But, only for the historical value of it being Undertaker's first world title, I don't see really any value in watching this show. I'd rather watch the episode of Superstars with the snake biting angle. (laughs) They show you the best thing that was on free TV up front. Well, I guess because they had to do multiple takes of it. I was going to say, why didn't they save that for tonight? But you got to get the right. I mean, if the snake didn't bite him, then it would be really bad. Yeah. Live TV as well. Yeah. So, yeah, this card. I like I said, the first hour I could get through it. Uh, all the matches were pretty terrible. Even the title match. I mean, Undertaker knew a choke, a tombstone, a clothesline. That's what he knew. And Hogan knew a back rake. A slam, big leg. Well, right. And it moved so slow, too. Oh, like God, was, yeah. The best part of it was Ric Flair's interference. <laughs> and then the other stuff was just. Uh, just felt like a TV show. It felt like free, like, matches that should be on Superstars for the most part. And the angle with the breakup of the Rockers was a good thing, I guess. Yeah, it was a good angle to have on the show, but. The matches were just really bad. The refing was terrible. No one cared. Yeah. People that didn't want to do jobs didn't do them. People that always jobbed, jobbed. So it just wasn't it wasn't the I think this is really the downfall of the Survivor Series elimination matches really starts here in nineteen ninety one. Uh, because you've already you've introduced singles matches now and so i think you're starting to phase them out and next year would only have one four on four survivor series match so i in a way it's a good and a bad thing at the same time because it's a good thing that they decided to put other matches on the card to make it a more diverse card but at the same time it they take all the Survivor Series matches away, yep. but if the Survivor Series matches are gonna be as bad as the ones we saw tonight, then just then, yeah. I mean, where there's just no outside of the Rockers' breakup, there were no real consequences to no. them. So, Patrick, what did you think of this card?
3: Uh yeah, I think you said it tremendously well. Um, the only two matches I'd actually go back and rewatch. And yes, I am saying this, is The Curtain Jerker with Flair and Piper and Taker and Hogan.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much what I would watch as well. And just for the historical significance of, oh, I want to see where Undertaker won his first world title. Yeah. On our rating scale of Hornswoggle with Giant Gonzalez, where do you rate? Me? Survivor Series Uh, uh, nineteen. David Arquette. Wow. David Arquette. I'm going to give it a Miss Elizabeth.
3: Oh, we're in the same venue. Yeah, well. She is uh, crying on his arm right now, so.
2: Yeah. It's connected. It is. And she should have watched this back and cried over this as well. (laughs) Luckily, Macho Man and Jake Roberts, their promos were some of the best parts of this thing, and they had... Yeah, I hope you include both of them. And they have nothing to do with the actual yeah. show. I so hope you
3: include both of them. It was yeah. They came
2: out look they were actually lucky to be left off. Yeah. It's a blessing in disguise. God. They're the Becky Lynch of nineteen ninety one. So, uh my pick, which will be reviewed uh not this coming week, but maybe the week after. I might try and fill with I might watch Body Stars uh for and just do it as an extra thing. The, the World Bodybuilding Federation. I might oh. watch that and do an extra on it because okay. I had already started it. So you might get some bonus content this week, but don't hold your breath because uh, I don't like to work. Uh, now, for my pick, well, you could say that Jake Roberts on this pay-per-view made a statement. He did? And I want to go back to an episode of WCW Monday Nitro where the NWO made a statement. Oh, well, they made a statement by throwing a young Rey Mysterio into a trailer. It's the July 29th, 1996 edition of Monday Nitro. From Disney World, the happiest place on Earth. What in the world could go wrong there at the MGM Studios? Surely this, I mean, the NWO had just formed, but they're not going to do anything Nothing that stupid. crazy. No. 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 Instead, it was actually the episode of Nitro that I would say really got me hooked on on the product. I was watching it a little bit, but this was the first show that I was like, "Oh, I've got I got to tune in every week now. This is awesome. This is and is it real? Is it real because people called the cops on the NWO yes. for what they did? People listen. People called the
3: police because they thought there was a gang warfare going on.
2: There was an assault, yeah. Wrestler. At were Disney. Assault. Yeah. The macho man ended up riding out on the, the top of a limo trying <laughs> to get revenge. Oh and uh it was pretty outrageous. So there you go, that's what we'll watch. It'll be short, so that's good. And uh yeah. So happy Thanksgiving to you, Patrick. Absolutely,
3: happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving to all our fans and listeners out there.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday Thank to you, you as well. Thanks, sir. I know this one's a big one. Even yeah. though you're you're 28, you're turning 29. Your mom said so.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to be the big 3-0 this year. Oh, man. so that's, uh...
2: I'm,
3: I'm 29 and holding. That's what it is. I'm 29 and holding.
2: Well, your mom will think you're 29, so isn't that really all that matters well, at the end of the day? That's all that
3: matters. All that matters
2: well that'll do it for this week oh and possibly some exciting news in the world the world wide web from retro wrestling podcasts coming in the next few weeks so stay tuned but that'll do it for this week I'm intern Alex I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history Patrick Young saying as always
3: my closing lines clothes on and bingo bingo
4: I'm not quite certain Gorilla Monsoon however I must say I feel very uncomfortable here in the catacombs, in the bowels, if you will, of Joe Louis Arena, where I have finally found the new World Wrestling Federation champion, The Undertaker, manager Paul Bear. You cannot be happy with the decision of President Jack Tutte, ordering the rematch this Tuesday in Texas with your man, The Undertaker, facing the immortal Hulk Hogan.
5: Oh, Mr.
0: Okerlin, nothing is immortal. Not even Hulkamania. Hulkamania died right here this very evening, oh yes. And normally, Mr. Oakran, when something dies, you hold the services almost immediately but not in the case of Hulkamania. We'll hold him over. Yes, right in the embalming room of my funeral parlor. And sometime between now and Tuesday, we will eviscerate him. Oh, yes, eviscerate his blueing flesh. Oh, that stands. We
5: warned you what was in store for Hulk Hogan. And now, Mr. Okerlund, let me enlighten you what we have in store for Hulkamania. Look into the coffin. You look, Mr. Okerlund. Look, Hulkamania, it died at Survivor Series. Now, the only thing left, Is this Tuesday the burial?